Welcome back to the Just Means Less ACC podcast with your hosts, Micah, and Terrible Take artist, Nick. Nick, how are we doing this Monday evening? I can't believe you're triggered over our list. I just, no wonder you hate big game boomers so much, dude. You just get so mad over a stupid, innocent list that oh, I put I'm not, out. I'm not triggered by your list. I'm just triggered by your choice in one specific ballpark. And I guarantee you it's not the one you think it is. I think I know exactly the one you think I think it is. All right, let's just jump right into it, Nick. What, which one do you think it is? <laughs> it's truest part. No, you're not Matt. Okay, is it is it the fact that I put Fenway over Camden? It's the fact you put Fenway near the top of your list when that's the worst ballpark in baseball, next to the Oakland Coliseum. I thought that one might have been it too, dude. Fenway sucks. Anyone that tries to tell you Fenway is special has never been to a major league ballpark that, or has a Red Sox, you know what, up their butt so much that they don't even realize that they've been tricked their whole life. I okay. Like, I'm gonna pay. I, I'm gonna pay twelve dollars for a hot dog that gives you food poisoning. I'm gonna pay hundred and fifty dollars for seats that aren't meant for anybody over the size of five foot nine, let alone someone my freaking size. Oh, let's uh, not have anywhere to park around town that's not $100 to park. Let's have one of the worst transit systems in America trying to be the reason and way to get you to the ballpark where you have three different stops for Fenway and none are that close. Oh, but at least there's a giant wall in left center field. Woo! I've visited 11 baseball stadiums in my life, and you are mad that I have not seen all 30. I even put an old one in there. No, but you put Fenway above some ballparks that are way better than Fenway. And the well, fact I that like, you put I like I, and I the take, fact that I you take put everything into consideration. I like the history. I like okay. the atmosphere. Okay. If you if you took I like all the that I went on. If you took all that into consideration, first off, that's cheating because unless you toured all these ballparks, you can't factor in the tour. That's cheating. But second off, even if you want to go that route. The fact, like, again, yeah, I'm an Orioles fan. But if you if you genuinely think that Fenway is better than Oriole Park based off of all the things you just said, Nick, you need to go to a doctor right now and get your head checked, bud. Seriously, get your head checked. I'm telling you. What? You, I, I like what? I like their atmosphere better? Oh, you like, you like that there's a bunch of people there that just yell curse words the whole game? Go to Philly, buddy. Oh, no, that's so fun. I have respect for passionate fans. What can I say? Okay. When did you go see the like, Orioles play? When they were really, really bad? Uh, twenty. The summer of 2019. Yeah, so when we were really bad? They just so happened to be playing the Red Sox, and Jackie Bradley Jr. hit two three-run homers in that game. Yeah, I'm sure they did, because you remember how bad the Orioles were in 2019? Oh, I sure do. They were pretty freaking bad. I love Camden. I love Camden Yards. That was one of the most beautiful ballparks I've ever seen in person. It's a beautiful, beautiful ballpark. It, it was one of the first I think yeah, I think this is correct. It was one of the first ballparks that got it was away the first. from the cookie It was. Cutter. It was literally the first ballpark to change. It was the first. It changed yeah. the way the baseball stadiums were made. That's why when you said history and atmosphere, judging the 2019 Orioles is not fair because if you go to Fenway Park when the Red Sox suck, it fucking blows too, buddy. I promise you. It's not fair. You can't do that based off judging atmosphere. Like, Nick, go to an NC State game when they're not good, and then go to an NC State game when they're good. Like, if you went to an NC, 
No, Nick, if you went to an NC State women's basketball game last year, right, you would tell me atmosphere was fine. You go to one this year, holy shit, you would have the best time of your life. Reynolds is rocking every – like, literally, NC State could be playing the school of the deaf and the blind right now, and that place would be as loud as if it was the Final Four. That's not fair. And then you're telling me that, oh, but, like, you know, the everything else was so nice. Literally, the sight lines are five times better at Camden Yards. The history of Camden Yards, not as great as Fenway, obviously, but it still has a lot of history to it. Oh, by the way, it's a fifth of the price to attend a sporting event there. You actually have these things called food options that aren't going to give you food poisoning. You have places to park. You have a public transit system that actually works. Like, I don't like the inner harbor is five minutes away, which is just as nice as the Boston Harbor. And it's also closer than the Boston Harbor is to Fenway Park. There is nothing about like the only thing that makes Fenway Park special is the fact that it's older than most of our grandparents. That is the only thing special about Fenway Park. What's your favorite stadium that you've been to? PNC. Like, that's why, like yeah. your list wasn't like, and I've never been to Oracle. Like Oracle, like like I have no problem if you would have went Oracle, PNC, Camden. Like you wouldn't have gotten a quarrel from me because again, I can't speak for Oracle. My buddies that have all been there that aren't Giants fans talk about how great it is. So I can only imagine what it would mean to you. Like I mean, I I don't even cheat the system, man. Like I would rather go to a Pirates game than an Orioles game. Like if you're just telling me, hey, you get to go enjoy baseball, that's a hundred percent the move I'm making. So. You know, for me, like, that's just a pretty easy choice. But, you know, like, I mean, I, I don't like Truist Park much at all in Atlanta. I think it's very similar. Like, that's the thing. Like, I, I say Fenway sucks. I would still put it above Yankee Stadium because Yankee Stadium in New York is literally Fenway Park with no history. Like, so I get the whole, like, you know, Fenway is not the worst ballpark. Like, Nick, I used to get shit on for this take, and I'm willing to die on this hill, and I don't care. I would rather be able to watch uh, one baseball game a year at Tropicana Field than go to Fenway Park every single game for a season. I would rather do that every time. And the Trop kind of sucks. But at least the Trop is affordable. At least the Trop has air conditioning. At least the drop has, like, the ability to park, the ability to get around. It's safe, and it doesn't smell like shit. <laughs> like, Nick, I spent my 21st birthday at Fenway Park as the guest of Xander Bogarts. I don't know if I've ever told you that story or not, Nick, but fun fact. No, no, you, my tw- you are a guest of Xander Bogarts. No, I think I would have remembered that. Well, okay. Anyways, I spent my 21st birthday. I sat right behind the Red Sox dugout. And that was my first Fenway experience. I've been twice since. And that's how my take is after that. Dude, I had one of the best seats you could get at Fenway Park. And I was miserable the whole game. If you are over six foot two, unless you get bleacher seats you or get a personal suite, you are not going to be comfortable there. Half the seats are obstructed in the lower level. The tickets, like, my ticket face value was $295 for a Wednesday night against the Rangers. And, Nick, this was at the time when the Red Sox were, like, borderline playoffs and the Rangers sucked. I mean, just, yeah, no. Fenway, for me, 
like I have friends who are like, oh, let's go back. Like, because if I have friends, you know, that want to go like see the Mets play there, I have a couple of Mets fans, friends. I have some Orioles friends. Like, hey, we should go. I'm like, no, I'm good. 100% good. <laughs> like, I-, I will pass. Not worth my, like, I would rather, I mean, again, I've never been. And so that probably helps. But like, I would rather go to the Oakland Coliseum than go to Fenway right now. Easy. I mean, Fenway to me just, it's the most overrated thing in sports. Like, honestly. I've never, I haven't been to Wrigley for a game, so I don't know if Wrigley falls into that category yet. Like, I can't judge it based off of a tour. But, yeah, I just, not for me. But, anyways, Nick, it's okay. I just wanted to come at you for your list because. Yeah, I know. I just, I was, I was just more, I was more upset with your Fenway. Like, yeah, obviously it hurt my feelings. You went Fenway over Oriole Park, but. It was more just the fact that Fenway is way too high. So, but maybe I need I, to go to Fenway again. I've only been once. So, I, 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 I hate and, corporate America when, like, like I'm also the guy who thinks Coors Field is pretty overrated. Some people are like, oh, Coors is so special. I'm like, why? Because you can see, like, the mountains oh, that are like 60 miles away. Not really 60, but like, they're like way off in the distance. Unless you have seats in the nosebleeds, you, can, you can't see them. Like, oh, man, what a view. <laughs> One park, um, so one park that I think is underrated on the list I did was Angel Stadium. Really, really like that park. I think it doesn't get enough love. It's very, very nice. There's a ton of parking. Parking is super cheap too. Like the time we went, ten dollars. Yeah, now now it's now it's like twenty five or thirty, but that's modern California prices. So considering yeah, everything, not bad. Even though, even when I went in twenty, I went in twenty fifteen. Yeah, 2015 I went. I like my whole family was shocked that it was ten dollars. Like, oh yeah, Wake football is still char- was still charging ten dollars or more to get into a football game. So that 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 was so shocking to me. But Angel Stadium is very nice. I think that's one of the more underrated stadiums. And another one that I, that I hear is really really good that I haven't been to is uh, Petco Park in San Diego. I heard that park is very nice, very awesome, uh, kind of unique with the western supply company building uh part of left field so i that's a i think besides wrigley another one i really want to go see you want to know the best ballpark in america nick um oracle park david f couch ballpark in winston-salem oh yes yes nothing beats it no, Nick, I'm a, I, I, we officially announced our, our baseball schedule today. So, like, I've kind of just skipped over basketball, and I'm just ready for baseball. So, uh, yeah, um, I've already I, planned some trips for some games, so I'm pretty amped about that. No can, lie there. Yeah, I asked you something real quick since we're, you know, kind of fading away from the MLB topic. Um, yeah, what's up? So, so obviously, you we all know Shohei Otani got signed $700 million. So obviously you know how my week is going being a Giants fan. Um, <laughs> did you hear what he just did? Like yes. within a few hours ago? Yes. So why is everyone all up in our, am I missing something? Like he's there. Everyone's comparing it to the Bobby Bonilla thing. Like I, like everyone's saying Shohei's being selfish, but, I, I don't see how he's being selfish that he's going to get the uh, so, money later. So I don't he's know how, actually freeing up a ton of money for the Dodgers. I don't know how Shohei is being selfish. I'm not mad at Shohei. I'm mad at baseball. It ruins baseball, in my opinion. Nick, the Giant. Like I, I'm sure, as a Giants fan, you 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 see what this means for you, right? 
Yeah, it means the Dodgers. It means well, it means the Dodgers can go out and sign another top free agent because technically, Nick Shohei Otani only counts for two million dollars of their salary cap this year. Right. Two million dollars for Shohei Otani, Nick. Yeah. Every team in Major League Baseball can afford Shohei Otani for two million dollars. Now, again, I heard I have heard this was a Shohei decision, but it, the only thing I have with the Shohei thing, like mad at Shohei. It's like, why couldn't you do that shit at the Angels? Like, why couldn't you? Like, I'm a fan of an AL team. Why couldn't him and Mike Trout defer their? I mean, the Angels would never been able to pay Shohei and Mike Trout in couple like in in years after they retire. You know, a combined hundred and twenty million dollars, right? Like, they couldn't do that, right? But and the Dodgers can, because like that's what's crazy, Nick. Is I don't know if you know this, and I don't know if this is fully true. But I've heard Dodger tickets are going to go up twenty dollars per seat now in single game. Yeah, I mean, like it's so so they're gonna they're gonna bring in an additional what's ten thousand times one is ten thousand, so times ten is a hundred thousand, so an additional two hundred thousand dollars per game. Do that times eighty, and again, that's what almost four five million dollars right there. I know that doesn't cover everything. But then the sponsorship deals are going to go up in price now. Merchandise sales are going to go up now. Everything's going to go up for them. Like they're going to probably make an additional forty or fifty dollars, fifty million a year just off of Shohei. And then yeah. you factor in like if they can get another big time player with that money, I mean, they're going to probably be able to like put away seventy. Yamamoto. Yeah, they're going to be able to put away seventy million dollars a year. To pay Shohei back later, yeah. and 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 possibly win World Series, which obviously means more ticket revenue, more parking revenue, more merchandise, more like you know, it's it's a great deal all around. Like Shohei is putting himself like he's literally like if Shohei Otani does not win, run a ring, Nick, like Nick, you have the potential to have the greatest ten years of your life, potentially. It could be the worst ten years of your life, but hey, if you start accepting that now. Everything's gonna look up from here. I was because I was joking because with my brother. If they don't win a World Series, that's gonna be a bigger disaster than anything the Angels have ever faced in their life. Yeah, I, I was joking with my brother. Like, obviously, him and I were like upset about it because like the Giants were in the running, but obviously, seven hundred million dollars. I'm sure a lot of teams like the Blue Jays weren't even close. You know, I'm sure someone, some MLB franchise, the closest, next closest I would get was probably. I would guess it's probably 550, but I was joking with uh, my brother and said, man, $700 million just to lose to the Braves again in the division series. Oh yeah. I mean, that was sold <laughs> on Twitter. Like obviously you know, it might not happen because like show is an obvious difference maker, but well, my thing is, and I mean, like, again, this is not a slander show. Hey, comment per se. Who knows if show is ever going to be able to pitch the way he did again. And I mean this in the kindest way possible. He's not a seven hundred million dollar hitter. He's not. Well, no, 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 no. He's not. But what what they essentially what he essentially is is a forty million dollar hitter. He's a twenty million dollar pitcher. If you can get at least four or five more seasons of him throwing Cy Young voting caliber pitching, but he's not. I don't and think he's ever going to do that again. It's just like, hey, thanks for the incentives. Like, I agree with you. But that's what I'm saying. Is I don't think he's ever going to be able to pitch like that again. This is this is Tommy John number two. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, like you never know. I mean, Shohei he prioritizes health and rest. Oh and no, everything. I see Verlander do it. So no, we'll I see. no, I agree. I'm just saying. I just don't. Verlander also only had to focus on pitching. True. Like I'm not, I'm not again. I just, it's what sucks. Is like I'm not. I don't want to cheer against Shohei. I'm a big Shohei fan. I think a lot of people are. Like he's giving you no reason to hate him. Obviously, I don't like the Dodgers. Not as I dislike them less than you do, Nick. But it's not as far off as you think. Right. So like, you know, like I mean, I hate to say it, but like if I was cheering for any team in the NL, it'd be the Padres. No offense, but just Padres uh, Orioles are like the same franchise in a sense. Like literally, the Padres were the Baltimore whatever they were called for a while there. So, but anyways. Uh, Baltimore Browns, but you know, or maybe it was a car. I don't know. Fuck, who cares? I don't, at this point, I don't care. They got Manny Machado, who'll always have my heart. So, love you, Manny. But, anyways, yeah, no, I mean, it does stink. But hey, man, we're in the era of pay, right? Pay, pay, pay. So, yeah. that leads us to some ACC talk. Nick, I don't want to re rank the bowl games, but I do want to allow you to potentially, if you have any different feelings on some of these bowl games. I know I didn't think Drake May was going to play in Charlotte. Obviously that news broke today that he's entering the draft, but it definitely put a little bit of a, like, I guess I'm going to ask you this question. Okay. I I was always fine with opt-outs in the bowl games, right? For injuries and stuff like that. Or not for injuries, excuse me, for like NFL part. Like, I got that, right? Like, even Sam Hartman's thing, which I still think isn't the smartest thing in the world. Like, Sam Hartman got his bag at Notre Dame. Sam Hartman is not going to be a high draft pick. But if he did get hurt in the Sun Bowl, Nick, he probably doesn't get drafted at all. Or here, at least, so it's probably going to get drafted. So, I don't even hate I, – I, it sucks. I didn't think Sam was like that. And I mean, that's not a slander. Like, I just thought Sam was the type of guy that's going to play no matter what. But it is the Sun Bowl. It's an Oregon State team that is kind of falling apart at the seams. So, even if he has success, I don't think it's going to boost his stock at all. So, I don't necessarily blame him. But what I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around is, you know, again, I was excited because I was like, okay, like, if – so-and-so, like, for example, Florida, like, Miami, right? Okay, Van Dyke's out. But the next guy up, he's probably he, – he might be the guy next year for the Canes, right? Like, this is exciting. I can't even remember who's starting in the bowl game for Miami, Nick. But I can promise you he is not going to be the starting quarterback for Miami next year. <laughs> can we like, – so do you think we can say the same for North Carolina? Oh, I think so, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, if it were – like. Technically, at least Brennan Armstrong is a starting cal- quarterback caliber player. But, like, so many of these bowl teams are in that situation. Like, they're either losing their guy because they're in the portal or, you know, declaring for the draft. Like, that's what sucks is we're seeing so many of these teams, like, okay, the backup is in the portal now too. Yeah, yeah. So, it's like, you know, I, I always never had a problem with it because I was like, okay, next guy up, like, in a way, like, I kind of liked having the bowl games be a combination of guys wanting to go end their career on the right note and future players wanting to prove that they earn their spot in the depth chart next going into fall camp next season, right? Right. Now it's like, <laughs> sure. Like, drones is, like, it sucks, man, because I was so, like, obviously I said on the last show, I was planning to go to the military bowl and the pinstripe bowl. 
Like, I think I'm going to save my $600. <laughs> like, if Virginia Tech doesn't beat Tulane, that is actually going to be a disappointment. Because Tulane yeah. is literally rolling out. Like, Tulane's sky has fallen. Willie Fritz, gone. Yeah. Michael Pratt, out. Half the team that was on the AAC championship team that still has eligibility, portal. Like, there is no like no reason why Virginia Tech, who, by the way, sold out their allotment already for the military bowl. Shout out to Virginia Tech. Like, Kelly Gramlich from the AC Network said it best. Like, I hate to say it, but one of the best fan bases in the conference. I mean, not many teams are selling out bowl allotments at 6-6. Six and six, So, shout out to Virginia Tech. But, like, they should hammer Tulane. If, like, if the momentum that, they, that, that came with beating Virginia is what we think it should be, they should hammer them. Like, that's not exciting anymore. Like, am I still going to watch? Hell yeah. I love college football. I don't care who's playing. I, I, I stayed up way, way past my bedtime on Saturday night to watch Albany and in Idaho on ESPN Plus in an FCS quarterfinal game. Like, I'm going to watch any football that's given to me. I mean, for F6, I'm going to watch South Alabama, Eastern Michigan, Arkansas State, NIU in bowl games. Like, sicko. Don't care. But it just kind of sucks, man. Like, yeah. because again, I had never had a problem with this whole opt out, declare for the draft stuff. Fine. Like, I respect it. I do. Like, and what's really annoying, and it's, it, this is not like a, this is just a, oh, whoa, is a college football fan. Me, half the time, if these guys enter the portal, it doesn't mean they're not playing. Grayson McCall from Coastal Carolina is in the portal, he's playing in the Hawaii Bowl. Coastal Carolina like it's just so confusing on who's doing what and like what is like each player has their own choice and I'm not saying they shouldn't but it's just like dude this is just rough like that is yeah like, that, that, like, that's like, a like, rare was, situation like like I was hoping that you and I could preview the bowl games tonight I think we need to wait until probably Sunday night because <laughs> then yeah, at I, least because like at least like or even next Monday so at least that way we've had some time to like probably know who's playing yeah and who's coaching and like i mean like it's it's just a disaster i mean it's it's crazy dude like again we have a new coach at etsu our we, we've signed like seven or eight players and it's been great but they're pretty much all just players from the like the past school our coaches came from which was gardner webb a fcs playoff team like that's great it's exciting but it's just like like dude these just rosters and coaches are just like getting taken everywhere man like it's just wild to me but what are your thoughts on it because like you know this is coming from me who has always loved bowl season and didn't care about nfl like like opt-outs but like it's now to the point where some of the guys playing a aren't going to be wearing the uniform of the school they're playing for in this game next year or b they're just not going to see the field because they're fourth string quality players playing in a postseason football game no offense to those young men but like Sorry, as someone that was injury prone and never really saw the field much in his Division II lacrosse career, I get it. <laughs> I should have been on the field in a big playoff game either, or postseason game, I should say. Yeah, I guess my thoughts are initially because it, 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 I look forward to bowl season too. It's one of those favorite weeks of college football. Um, and in a way, it kind of diminishes it a little bit because. 
when your players opt out for the draft, you're like, okay, well now we get a chance to see the next guys up, you know, like who, who's going to be next up next season. But now with the portal and everything, it's like, do we have enough guys to field the bowl game? Like, I don't know if you know this, Micah, Kansas state right now is going to play NC state. They are, they're having some serious issues with guys transferring. NC uh, or Kansas state. Yeah. Kansas state. Yeah. Yeah. So, Will Howard's out. I mean, half their coaching staff's gone. Yeah, and, and they half. just had another kid hit the transfer portal. I forgot who it was. I think it was one of the wide receivers. I'm gonna say because the only the only thing that you have to fear is Avery Johnson's really really good. But like, yeah, that's yeah. besides the point. <laughs> but yeah, it, it kind of diminishes a little bit because at least with guys that opted out for the draft, you could see who's who was next up. But now it's you got guys that were backups going on to somewhere else. And then now you don't know who any of these players are that are going to play that were probably third strings. And what if they opt out come like the spring? Cause the portal will reopen after spring ball. Yeah. So it's like, all right, I may, I put some film out there in the bowl game. Maybe I'll put some film out there in the spring game. I could go somewhere else when the portal reopens. It's, it's a lot. And I, initially I think like it diminishes bull season a little bit and what your future could look like for your program. Because I always looked at bull season as an extra month of practice preparation, building chemistry with your guys, getting plays down correctly, building a little bit more momentum into next season. Now it's, it's like a consolation game to the definition because we always thought it was, but now it really, really is. And in the war, in the yeah, go ahead. It loses Sorry. some meaning. Yeah, and the worst part is, is like some of these are almost like portal s games where it's like, okay, third string quarterback, you're gonna play. Oh wow, he's not good. Hey buddy, hit the portal. You're not gonna yeah, play. Yeah, exactly. Here. Just go. And like we, we gotta again, find a transfer. Yeah, like again, I have like I I want what's best for the kids, and the kids should have the right to leave. I, I'm not I'm not trying to stop that. It's just it, it does suck because like again, I mean like Nick. The the get in price for the Duke's Mail Bowl. Guess how much it is? Uh, I'm seeing tickets oh, as low as that's 100. unfair. That's no. yeah, that's not fair guessing. Well, yes, right. it's a hundred dollars. Nick, I paid seventy one. Actually, no, I paid less than that because I had a friend discount. But my ticket was seventy five dollars face value for the AC championship game between two teams that actually gave a shit about being there. Why in the hell would I pay $100 to watch two eight and four teams, one with a quarterback that's probably not even going to be their guy next year, playing in the game? Like, right. I, like, like if I was a fan, like, I, I get it. Like, if you're a fan of a team, like, for example, if Virginia was playing, I would go no matter who my quarterback is, no matter who my, like, whoever is there, I don't care. I'm not saying fans don't go support your team. But, like, the, the casual football fan – like these bowl games are literally, I mean, I know it's always been about TV to begin with anyways, it's why they do two o'clock games and noon games and stuff on Wednesdays. But like, goodness gracious, man. Like you can't charge a hundred dollars. Somebody to get in the door. Yeah. I like agree. the dude, the military bowls cheapest ticket to get in on the hills, the hillside for 40. That's just a grass hill. I mean, like, I'm not trying to slander the bowl games. Cause at the end of the day, like, Make the money on the tickets because, like, you know, you know, you're not gonna get a lot of people to show up regardless of price. Like, you're not gonna have a ton of casuals going whether it's twenty or forty, and you can't lower them down to five because that just diminishes the value of every other ticket. 
but I mean, that's crazy though. That you know, you, the 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 tickets for the Duke's Mayo game are low as a hundred dollars. I'm seeing, and then you know, it's two power five teams, two decent teams, and I get Drake May is gone, but then you see all the other tickets; they're a whole lot cheaper. I th- I find that very weird. Like again, it, it depends on the, obviously what the face value was, the amount of resale. Like I can go to the like the the bowl game, Nick. That is most important to me this year, and I know it's not important to probably ninety eight percent, maybe even probably ninety nine and a half percent of America. Is the sixty eight Ventures Bowl, where Eastern Michigan is playing South Alabama? Well, Nick, I don't know if you know where the sixty eight Ventures Bowl is, but it's in South Alabama's home stadium. And in case you didn't know, I'm counting that towards my new stadiums list. Why, you might ask? Because it is literally a South Alabama home game, minus the fact that there will be potentially another end zone painted with Eastern Michigan's logo and a neutral-ish video board presentation. The tickets are literally being sold by South Alabama. South Alabama's band will perform pregame, halftime, pregame set, as they would. They are doing the Jaguar walk or whatever the heck they call it. They're doing all of their normal traditions, and they are playing in their home stadium, which will have their logo at midfield. It is a home game. Like, it's the same thing as, like, an FCS playoff game. It has to be neutral. But it ain't neutral. It's supposed to be. But all it is is the video board's neutral, and both teams get a hype video. Ooh. <laughs> like, it's still a home game for Furman or Montana or North Dakota State. So, like, I'm most excited for that game. And tickets are $20 the cheapest. And that's a very reasonable price. But like, Guess what the lowest is for the Pop-Tarts Bowl. Ooh. I'm guessing this is resale, right? We're not assuming going on the Pop Tarts Bowl website. Yeah, I'm um, assuming it's resale. I'm going to say $39. Oh, very close. $32. Yeah. And, again, and that's obviously before fees. So it's going to bump you up to $50 because that's, that's where they get you too. Because you can probably buy them through the Pop Tarts Bowl website for $50 bucks face value with the fees. So, like, again, you're, you're getting like nobody's really winning but the resale company here. But, you know, Hey, like, again, like, and that, again, those aren't bad prices or whatever, but it's just like, it's just sad, man. Cause I was like, again, I'm so excited. For, I'm still going to be excited for the bowl games. And for some of these G5 teams, it's still, it, it still does provide some of the future stuff, right? Like, who's our backup quarterback? Cause like, if you're the backup quarterback at, let's say, Western Kentucky, right? You probably aren't going to get much better than that unless you want to go be a starter at like a, potential contending FCS team, but not a powerhouse FCS, right? Like you're not, you're not, but that's, is that really better? That's literally a matter of judgment. Cause like, I would say, yeah, probably. But even then, like you could potentially win the CUSA at Western Kentucky. So is it really that much of a difference between contending for the CUSA or contending for the big South? Probably not <laughs> more television time for you in the, in, in, at Western Kentucky. So, you know, it's just, again, just, it kind of, it kind of stunk, man, because like, you're just seeing like, I mean, there are over 2000 kids at this point in the portal, like at all levels, obviously, but what are we doing? Yeah. Like, I don't, man, I, I feel bad for everybody involved because like, honestly, my thoughts on the portal window is it needs to not open until after the national championship game. Because, like, I know a lot of teams start their workouts, like, first or second week of January. But, like, I feel like a lot of these guys enter the portal because, like, Nick, I don't know. I, I don't know how if you can relate as much. I'm not trying to slander you, but, like, you didn't play a college sport. But, like, 
you know, my my sophomore year was by far my best year in college. Like, I was a starter. I was playing a lot. I, I went off to a good start. I made one mistake in a game that I, to this day, was a mistake on my end, but it was a mistake because of the game plan we had. And then I got hurt. And when I came back, I went from being a starter to, like, three players play on defense and lacrosse. I was the seventh guy. So I was I, I fell very far on this depth chart. And we were all the same class, so it wasn't like people were leaving and I had, like, an easier chance to move my way up the next year. Dude, I was pissed, man. I wanted out. I was ready to hit, like, obviously it wasn't the portal back then, but I was getting ready to transfer, man. I was ready to sit out the year and everything. <laughs> like, I was, I was furious for, like, the first – like basically until I got back from winter break or excuse me, uh, back from summer break, excuse me. And I played a spring sport. So my transfer windows wouldn't have been different, but it's like some of these kids hit the portal because they're pissed off of how, like literally the last two weeks of the season went. Yeah. And then they don't find a better home. Right. Like I'm not, like I'm not trying to slander some of these programs, but like, are you really benefiting from being the backup at Akron to being the being the third string at Georgia? Is there really a benefit to that? Probably not. I'd argue you're probably downgrading in that sense. No offense, Akron, but it is Georgia. You know, it's just ah, I mean, in, in I, I way, really it, it does it does go both ways because you you will have schools that you oh, know, yeah. tell you hey. You're better off going somewhere else. No, I mean, I, the, the portal giveth and it, and, and it taketh, right? Like, yeah, I, I don't think that, like, I mean, obviously, some teams are going to lose more than they gain, right? Honestly, as someone that works at an FCS school, I feel the, I feel the worst for us because, like, I don't know if you heard the news, but arguably the best offensive coordinator in the FCS this past year, Cade Bell from Western Carolina, who basically made Western Carolina a good football team. No offense to them, but they're not like historically a good football team, right? He is now the OC at Pitt. I don't know if you saw that or not, but Pitt hired an OC. They came from the SoCon. <laughs> but, like, you know, when that happened, half their offense hit the portal. And I don't mean, like, half their starters. I mean, like, half the offense. Jeez. Like, and, and some of the guys are going to move up to better places, and, and I want that for them. Like, I don't want kids to, like, potentially miss out on opportunities to make good NIL money elsewhere. Like, again, our best defensive player – Went to North Carolina and was arguably the second best player on that defense, maybe even the best in Huzzy and Elijah Huzzy. But, like, I just, I don't know, man. Like, I, in the pure sense of the bowl games, it really sucks because you can't see these new, like, I, I honestly, Nick, I, I am on board with the bowl games being week zero moving forward. And this is the kickoff to your season, and it counts towards your record. Like, instead of the 68 Ventures Bowl, how about the 68 Ventures kickoff? You play at South Alabama. And, like, like there is no world after COVID, Nick, that these schools cannot justify waiting until the last week of the regular season to be paired up with an opponent. I mean, heck, Nick, I don't know if you've seen it. One of the greatest things I've seen in college sports recently, and it's not getting talked about a lot, Nick. Do you know what the Sun Belt and the Mac are doing currently in college basketball? Do they have, like, their own challenge going on? Yes, but do you know how they're doing it? I do not know. So, 
they basically went off the preseason polls for the early game, right? So, for example, App State, I think, went to NIU. They either hosted them or went, but I'm pretty sure they went. Those were middle of the pack, like third or fourth best teams in each conference, right? Mm-hmm. Well, both teams have kind of proven to be near the tops of their own conference. So, like, NIU's been off to a great start, and App State's obviously pretty hot right now, too. Well, guess what uh, is happening at the end of the month with like a month left in the year? They are playing a Sunbelt Mac game. I believe App State is hosting it, so that means they had to go to NIU. What does that mean, Nick? Oh, they don't know their opponent yet, Nick. You want to know why they don't know their opponent? Because they're Cause they'll know Because they'll know two weeks out based off the standings of the Mac and the Sunbelt. I don't hate that. That's That's actually pretty cool. And like – I know basketball is not moving a hundred players, but it's still hard to find hotel rooms. Like basically what the schools did was they booked hotel rooms. So what should the bulls do? Book the hotel rooms, kind of what they do already. Right. You book the hotel rooms and tell the two schools, Hey, we're going to host you similar to how the bowl games work. We're going to pay you to be in it. I bet you more fans will go if it's in late August when schools just started and, it's not the holiday, so you don't have to be somewhere. And the weather is going to be nicer, especially in, like, you know, places like Idaho and Boston and New York and Annapolis. Like, and the games are going to mean something. Like, think about some of the best games we talked about earlier this year. Florida State, LSU, Louisville, Georgia Tech. Like, that was a conference game, but that was still a neutral site game. Like, there's just way too much – stuff like it just makes i mean half these like bowl games already do it anyways the all-state kickoff classic that was in new orleans two years ago (laughs) the you know duke's mayo kickoff classic every single year now like it just makes too much sense man like because it is getting to the point where like again i'm still going to watch it gives inventory during the holidays and if they want to have those games fine but like I would rather at that point again just find a different solution. Or here's what I here's here's my hot take. You have the playoffs, right? I think you need to go to the FCS number. I like the idea of 20 teams. I know that seems like a lot, but that's what the FCS does, and it, it works pretty well. Like you have 20 teams. That way, you're like you're putting in teams that are probably deserving to at least contend. Are they probably going to win it? Hell no. But that's what the whole point is. You prove it on the field. Everybody else has the right during a week or two span to book games against another opponent. So, for example, if the University of Virginia, who went three and nine, feels that it's necessary for their team and they want to schedule six and six Old Dominion, right? In a local game, they play it in Charlottesville, they play it at ODU, who cares what, right? or they want to play in a neutral site for some weird reason, then they let them do it. And let the teams decide whether they want to play. Let them decide how they want to see their depth charts. Like, it's just – I don't know, man. It, it just sucks because, like, like it, it's sad, Nick, when I don't really care to preview the bowl games. Like, we're going to do it, obviously. But, like, I'm waiting until the very last minute because I just don't see the point. Yeah. We don't even know who's playing, who's yeah. coaching. Like, the- it's just sad, man. Uh, another point I want to make about it is that it's not just like kind of annoying and frustrating as fans, but 
internally in those programs too. Oh like, yeah. Here a lot of coaches come out and say like since the portal, this used to be the fun time of year where you take a week off after the regular season, mm-hmm. you do some recruiting trips, you sign some guys, and then you practice and then you're with your guys and it's a little bit looser and you know what you're playing for and all that. Now it's for coaching staffs and for players and stuff. Oh, suddenly so-and-so's in the transfer portal. We got to deal with this now. We have to deal with trying to get guys from the transfer portal. The work has become 10 times harder. And for coaching staffs, for players dealing with, you know, going somewhere else, it's it's become a stressful time of year, not only because it's the holidays, but – you know, it's it, it's crazy how like it used to be one of the more fun, relaxing times and you're kind of building momentum. Now it's just like, shoot, we got to we got to not only hit recruiting, we got to hit the portal. We got to figure out how to deal with this guy leaving and that guy leaving and who are we going to go get? And some of your focus isn't really on the roster that you have right now and preparing for the bowl game, at least probably not up until a week beforehand. So it's a lot. Yeah. And the part that like, I think people don't realize like, yeah, I don't necessarily feel bad for Kirby smart and 40% of his staff. Right. Cause they're all making a couple hundred thousand dollars or at least making 90 to hundred K to do a lot of shit that like, like a lot of insane amount of stuff on your plate that like I myself as a director of marketing have to do for half the, half the price. Right. But like what people don't realize that trickles down, like at ETSU, we've got grad assistants that are literally getting nothing, but they're like their tuition paid for or volunteers doing this stuff that the big schools are doing. And people don't realize the expectations of some of these schools aren't that much different. Like obviously they're not the level of Georgia and Bama, but, like, when you factor in the amount of money that's involved, they're about as equal. <laughs> it's nuts. So, like, I feel bad for our coaches, man, and for, like, our staff. Like, our old staff that pretty much all got fired. Like, I feel for them. Because they had to recruit the roster. They had to recruit future. They had to worry about their jobs. They were making $40,000, $50,000 a year at best. And some of these, like, head football coach at ETSU, Nick, because it's public knowledge, I'm not afraid to share it. I think make I I, I want to make sure I get the number right, but I'm pretty sure it's two twenty five. Like two hundred twenty five thousand dollars is a lot of money. I'm not saying it's not right. That's good money. I, I bet you you and I both wish we were making that much money. Hell, you and I would be happy to make that money combined and split it, right? Yeah. But they do a lot of work, and that's that's just the head coach, man. Our OC is not making two hundred thousand dollars. Our DC is not making two hundred thousand dollars. They're I I don't know what they're making to be honest. I'll say just their estimate maybe they're making a hundred and like they're doing like they're dude they are in the office at 7 a.m and they are lucky if they're home to their families by 9 p.m like it something has to change it does and and again i i hope it doesn't come to this but at the same time i kind of do for the the sanity of all like the majority aka the fans the coaches and even some of the players like they have to deal with this like I hope that some of these kids, like, I hope it becomes a learning curve, man. But that's the problem, man. The last couple, like, what, three of the last four Heisman winners are, are transfers? Like, there, there's so much incentive to transfer now that it's like, I hope it comes back to reality that, hey, grass isn't always greener on the other side. 
but who knows if it will? Right. Like we may, we may, we may, we have, we have too many success stories that cover up all the bad ones. So, anyways, that's enough of the that talk. Um, Nick, I wanted to kind of move on. Like again, this is kind of a laid back. Just let everyone know we're not dead, and just talk, just to have fun, catch up a little bit. Obviously, we've got some stuff going on in basketball, Nick. I'm not going to lie to you. I couldn't even tell you who's ranked in the ACC right now in college basketball. Uh-huh. I, ha- I haven't watched a damn lick. Like, I'm pretty sure Virginia's not ranked, and we're getting robbed they for that. They are ranked. Oh, are we, oh, did we get ranked this weekend? I know I, we weren't ranked I last did, week. I did okay. uh, tweet out uh, the rankings like an hour before we hopped on. Okay. So, I'll have to look at those at some point. But, like, dude, like, I again, I, I am not – like, I'm – I'm already brainstorming that that dumb trip, Nick, with the amount of time off I have on potentially going, trying to see a, a baseball game in every ACC stadium this year. Because it's actually, I think I said this on the last or last time we talked about this, it's actually somewhat doable, and I might mess around and do it. But we got to wait for all the ACC schedules to come out first. I think all but one are out. But anyways, like, dude, I just like we're at a law right now. We're like, I'm not that excited for bowl games. My work life is crazy with men's basketball, women's basketball, new football coach. So, we're like, like our football schedule comes out to, uh, on Wednesday, Nick. So, I've been shooting a schedule video for that. Uh, I want to just toot my own horn for a second, Nick. I'm probably the only FCS school and probably even G5 FCS and maybe even only college football team in the country. And I hope I start a trend that does their schedule release by doing a matching game with mini helmets. So, uh, I took all my mini helmets, Nick, you know, the, the millions that I have, mm-hmm. and I, I basically made a board game out of it where it was obviously just week one, week two, week three, week four, so on and so forth. And then I put all the helmets down when they walked in, gave them five seconds to look at it and then reorganized it. And they had to try to memorize who our opponents were and in the exact spot we played them. So that was, a, it was actually a pretty fun video to shoot, but obviously that takes a couple hours to do and then edit and everything else too. So. You know, it it's just a crazy time, and like I'm not gonna be on, like I'm just gonna be honest. Like I'm already moving forward to baseball. Like I've been reading. Like I have, I paid for D1 baseball, Nick. I think I told you that a couple like a couple months ago. Like I've been reading all the D1 stuff. I've been listening to the podcast. Like like Nick, I, I'm debating whether I want to go watch Wake, Akron, Illinois, and someone else in that first weekend series at the couch, just because I have nothing that Sunday evening, and they're playing into the evening. Like, I've debated it. Like, I've kind of moved on, man. It, it's it's sad because, again, bowl season is normally my favorite. And I'm still excited for the bowls. I'm not going to pretend like I'm not. But, like, I'm not as, like, hoorah as I once was. So, but anyways, Nick, I, that's really all I've got. I mean, I kind of – kind of not late, but, you know, I like I like the idea of my bed at some point. Yeah. Is there any, anything else you want to, to add before we get off here? Because obviously the next pod we'll do is we'll preview the bowl games. Um, we'll we'll have to decide, Nick, if we want to do individual shows, like obviously break them up individually, or if we want to like maybe do one week of the bowls and then technically the second week of bowls. Um, but we'll we'll get to that point once the time comes. But uh, anything else you want to add, Nick? Yeah, uh, I I could throw in a couple of quick basketball nugs that I've kind of noticed throughout the last couple of weeks. Uh, first, North Carolina seems like they are the best team in the ACC. Nothing really much has changed. I don't blame them for losing to the defending national champs. They're still in the top 10, so good on the heels. 
Uh, Clemson has been uh, really, really good. They are number 13 in the country. They're undefeated. Uh, they're building a lot of momentum from last season. Uh, this hot week, take, hot take, pause, hot take. Clemson basketball, men's basketball, is Syracuse football. Anyways, continue. I think that's pretty I, accurate. I, I've I've watched two or three Clemson games, and like honestly, they're one of the teams I've watched the most for whatever reason. They've just like happened to be on or had nothing going on. Like, I watched a lot of that South Carolina game. Again, I'm not gonna pretend I know ball. I'm not gonna pretend like I do. But yeah. I feel like I'm watching a very good mid-major team at best. They haven't played anybody. anybody. Up, no. Like, they, they have the Alabama win, which was big. But uh, maybe they have another win that I'm missing. I think they it's, played up. I, Al- I think it's Alabama and South Carolina are their two wins. Like, yeah. Yep, you're right. Alabama and South Carolina. And the Alabama win is obviously a good win. I'm not trying to take away from it. But, like, when that game happened, it was like, holy crap. Right. Where now it's like, okay, that's a top 25 at best win. And I'm not trying to slander Clemson, but like you said, they were 13 in the polls. Yes. Good God. Well, so since then, since the Alabama win, they haven't played schmucks. They beat Pitt on the road. They beat South Carolina. They also beat TCU. Uh, so they, they've been playing some power. Oh, yeah. I guess like, since we're talking basketball, power six school. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not trying to say that they're playing absolutely. Like, they're not playing, you know, USC Upstate, Wofford. I mean, I don't mean to slander SoCon schools, but like, you know, like they're just playing just, you know, net ranking of 200 teams. But yeah, at the same time, like, and again, win all the games, like Thomas said with Florida State, win them all. Who cares? But it's, yeah, I, I don't know. It kind of gives off some Syracuse type vibes. Yeah. Uh, a couple more. Let's see. Uh, Wake is back. This week. Wake what? is so back. Wake is so back. Wake is back. I'm getting to them in a second. Um, gold jerseys are sexy. Gold jerseys are sexy. Um, this week, I think, is the first time we've had five teams ranked in the AP Top 25. So, North Carolina came in at 9, Clemson 13, Duke 21, Virginia 22, and Miami at 24. Uh, Miami's not really much of a surprise that they've kind of dropped off since their Final Four run. Uh, they got killed by Kentucky in the SEC Challenge. So, not surprised. I think that's didn't they get remain. didn't they get didn't they get killed this week too? Let me double check. I thought they, I thought they got a pretty good win after the Kentucky loss. Let yeah, but I thought see. they got. I thought maybe, maybe it was an old tweet that I saw. They oh, lost. I, ooh, yeah, they lost to Colorado bad. Yeah, that's why they fell so far back because they were like in the top fifteen for a little. They Again, were like when I say I don't know the top twenty five. It's not I'm not looking at all, but like I'm not like. Ooh, let's look at the records here. Like, it's like even Virginia Tech, who's seven and three, right? Like, they struggled with Louisville. They got hammered by Auburn and FAU. Like, they haven't done anything that's again very impressive. Like, you know, Georgia Tech, who had those you know big weeks of you know wins at Mississippi or gets Mississippi State and Duke. Like, they then turn around and lose at Georgia. And then like yeah, they beat Alabama A and M, but. Nick, uh, they beat Alabama A&M by 21. ETSU beat them by 15. Like, <laughs> not trying to be that guy, but that's not the greatest of wins. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they got Penn State next. You know, Pitt is 7-3, and three, but, like, I know Pitt might be a quality win, but, like, Pitt, every quality team that Pitt has played, Nick, they've lost. Oregon State's yeah. their best win. And Oregon State is not a good basketball program. <laughs> Like right. they lost to Mizzou, they lo- like 
West Virginia, they did they did dominate them. That was kind of impressive. Like I, I did forget about I did skim over that game. My fault to you all. But like again, Boston College is eight and three, but like St. John's is a pretty good win just because of the brand of St. John's. Obviously, they played NC State close. They they beat Rucker or beat Vanderbilt pretty badly, but like they lost to a Loyola Chicago team that's not that great. Like they barely escaped the Citadel alive week two. And like the bottom of the ACC is bad, man. Notre Dame. Mm-mm. Ain't it? They're not good. Sorry, Notre Dame. You're bad. Louisville, look gross. Like, I mean, they lost to DePaul for God's sakes the other night. Florida State, well, we got saw them get slacked by South Florida. Yeah, they don't look great. Like, they have that Colorado win, which still is an outlier. But like, I mean, that's pretty much it for Florida State. I mean, Syracuse has looked very mid. I mean. LSU is a good win, but like again, the, the good teams they've played in Tennessee, Gonzaga, and Virginia, they all lost and they were all by double digits. I'll hit the back, Gonzaga was by nine. So, oops. But, yeah. you know, I, again, I've had a hard time following the ACC because it just feels like, again, we're like, I know you say that we're the, the premier conference in college basketball. I, I still disagree. Like, we're not that anymore. We're, we're, we're still in the conversation. It's not like we're like, clearly the third or fourth best and we're not even touching the first but we are definitely not a clear-cut first place yeah i i I would agree with that too um okay just a couple more so north carolina um their schedule lately has been since the villanova game micah they've played they've lost to villanova by two they've beat number 20 arkansas number 10 tennessee they beat florida state they lost to UConn, who was number five, and now they got to finish off with Kentucky, who's 14, and Oklahoma, who's 11. So this is – North Carolina has been playing one of the toughest schedules in oh, all yeah. of college basketball. Like, that's a gauntlet of teams. Um, you mentioned Wake Forest. They are back. Wake got Efton Reed back. The NCAA had him uh, – you know, got the eligibility through. And um, – Watch out for the Deeks because he's a difference maker. They lost um, to Georgia by three, Utah by seven, and LSU by six. I would like to think Efton Reed makes a bit of a change or a bit of a difference in those three games. And uh, they've beaten other Power Five schools. They've beaten Florida. They've beaten Rutgers. Uh, so watch out for the Deeks. They have a solid guy. Keep his back. Um, and NC State. Finally got MJ Rice off the bench, so uh, hopefully a difference maker for NC State uh, as they, you know, keep going through their schedule. Another one of those teams that has like, quote unquote, quality losses, but State hasn't really done much to like turn heads or anything. But having MJ Rice in the lineup is huge for them. Um, other than that, that's pretty much it. Uh, your who's got back in the top twenty-five, which they deserve. I think your Virginia team is a little underrated this year. I mean, eight and one, and most of the time this season, they've been out of the top 25. So I think they're one of the more underrated teams in this conference. But other than that, there's your basketball nugs. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, it's, uh, it's a weird time of year for sure. Just yeah. a lot going on, not enough uh, – like one one thing's ending, another thing's heating up, another thing is, you know, off in the horizon a little bit. But yeah, Nick, I mean that's kind of kind of all I got. Uh, excited, obviously, 
preview some bowl games with you next time we talk. But um, until then, everybody, again, thank you for listening. Uh, remember to tweet at Nick that Fenway Park sucks. Uh, if you think <laughs> Fenway Park is great, then uh, don't listen to our podcast. No, I'm just kidding. But, um, you know, please tweet at me to tell me that I'm an idiot, in which I will drop straight fact bombs on you. Um, so I got, I got plenty in the, in the, in the, in the chamber, but as always, it means just a little bit less leg room at Fenway park and less in the (laughs) ACC country. And as always go ACC.